Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer, and broadcaster who's interviewed roughly 1,400 celebrities over a 30-year period for all major media outlets in Ireland. One of those interviews, actually two, because the 11-hour interview was done over a two-day period, forms the basis of my latest ebook, Conversations with a Loudmouth, the Eamon Dunphy tapes. Dunphy, as you may know, wrote in 1987 the official U2 biography, The Unforgettable Fire. During our interview, we talked about that book, how he got the gig, why, and the battle it led to. Dunphy said, the full weight of the U2 machine fell on me. But here's the thing, and it's the thing that relates directly to this podcast. When the interview was originally published in an Irish magazine, the first part ended with the promise that the next issue would include our chat about you too. It didn't. But I myself didn't notice that at the time. As to who cut it, or why, I haven't a clue. Needless to say, every word is in the ebook. But what follows is a question I raise not only with Eamon Dunphy, but also other U2 biographers, B.P. Fallon and John Waters. Namely, what if history reveals that you 2 were not living the lives that we were led to believe? And none of us journalists or biographers wanted to derail the bandwagon, lest it crush us or something like that. By the way, time added an irony to my asking Eamon such questions. Four years after the interview... I made a factual error about the edge in a profile of Bono, and though the latter and I spoke again and he told me everything was cool, the edge turned out to be another matter. But that's another podcast. By the way, Conversations with a Loudmouth is currently available from Amazon and will soon be available from all ebook outlets. And also, I apologise in advance about the quality of sound. The battery in my microphone was low that day. But... Enjoy. All right, that's the way I set out it for two years, during which time they were in a house with Brian Eno up there working on their album and not, unfortunately, touring. It would have been really sexy stuff. I, I had no material, except right. I interviewed all their families and, and they were good. They helped me a lot. Okay, I, did, I tried not to take too much of their time because I don't like doing that. But at the end of it all, I had a book. It was quiet. It, was quiet. it wasn't, didn't reveal anything about their personal lives. Um, Why? Well... Although they would argue otherwise, they felt that you're a representation of their faiths. Of their faiths. Faiths. Well, I mean, I very, very... You had violated or, oh, or, yeah. or abused that thing. No, I mean, I downplayed it. Though. And they know that. That's what I did. I, and all of the stuff where there was any personal indiscretion, say, along the road, to do an Adam thing. I mean, Adam wasn't just... I was always a rock and roller. I never wrote anything about that. But there was heavy-duty religious stuff that I never... I, I never... And it was authenticated. I have to take. Right. I kept it out. What, what happened, I think, was this. That when I began researching the book, they were, if you like, projecting one image, which was clean, born again, wholesome type of thing. By the time I'd finished it, which was two and a half years later, and it was ready for publication, they had moved into what you might call their Lou Reed phase. Right. Yeah. Now, this image, this depiction of them, which was their own, was inconvenient, to say the least. Hey, this book, this is wrong. And so there was a kind of, um, there was what they call, when they talk to Charlie Bird, robust exchange. But could it be a suggestion <laughs> that there's also it's a continuing mm. uh, myth sold to the Irish and the universe? Well, well, and the reason I asked the question mm. is because I put it to John Wallace in relation to his book. 
uh, and DP Fan in relation to his book, that mm. nobody really does ask questions about what is really going on in the background. Are you guys still the saints that you have been saying right. for 15 years? Well, that would be another book. I mean, I, I was writing about relatively young guys 10 years, 11 years ago. Okay, is there an onus on somebody else to write a book that does undo the U2 part? <clears throat> Could you not do a close friend call? I think probably that would disqualify me because, you know, you, you can't really write very well about your friends because you're compromised. What I was saying to you was John Lennon mm. said that nobody wanted to speak out about the hypocrisy, the double dealing, the drugs, the orgies, right. the abuse, the violence, the yeah. sexuality. It was all mm. part real, the truth about the Beatles. Yes. Because nobody wanted to spoil the party. Yeah, but you said, yeah, at some point yeah. in the future, isn't the U2 story going to be told along these lines? And won't we all, including myself and Hot Press and you and Waters mm. and BP, be presented as absolute liars and right. people who rode the bandwagon yeah. afraid to burst the blessed bubble. Well, that's a fair question, Joe. Um, I don't know that... i tell you one thing. They're tough. They're very tough. When you cross them, you get black marks. And I crossed, and I don't get invited to their Christmas parties. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But they were fair to enough. I mean, Paul McGuinness and I remain friends. Good friends. We had, we had violence disagreements about this book. What happened was we had, it was a very bad time. The full weight of the U2 machine fell on me. It was tough. They tried to mincemeat me. Somehow I got out from under. The book got published. And then they were on the cover of Time magazine. The Joshua Tree came out. And hey, bingo, I had a best-selling book. Um, but I got a few bobs and I survived with my reputation intact. Okay. And so, so to end that question about that, we'll obviously seem to have been large in the social history of the river. Well, I think if they, if you want to know where they, <clears throat> where they started, my book about you two ends before the Joshua Tree comes out, before any of those grandiose tours, before they were really rich and famous. They uh, had nothing. Yeah. And I think anyone who goes to write about them in the future, Mohammed McGinnis, he subsequently said that we're, in his own, we're proud of the book. That means it was uncontaminated by our, you know, uh, they didn't get to do anything with the book. Uh, any sort of restraint that was exercised was was exercised by me because <clears throat> I thought it was the fair thing to do to give the true picture of them. And I didn't want the book to be serialized in the sun. Now, what happened then was, like everything else, when you're writing biographies or profiles, as you know, Joe, you can never do enough for the subject. You can say they're the greatest thing since sliced pans and they want more. Now, I more or less said in that book, these guys are the greatest things since sliced pans and they want, and they said, can we have some more? And I said, no, fuck off. Right. Now, there was, was a big bit of a rumor. I was sitting in the shower one night, Paul just walked in. I walked, we walked across each other, we shook hands, said, end of story. That happened. And that's all over. Okay. That old guy, different story. I think he's, you know, he, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. You still, you transgressed. Yeah, but I've seen Larry. I mean, Larry, I saw, I saw Larry once there at dinner for the Irish team and sat with him and had a few drinks with him and it's, it's a smashing guy. And uh, Adam's grand guy, you know, okay, uh, you, as far as I know, they're, they're all nice people. I mean, I think Bono is a superstar, you know, but there's a cure for that. I don't think, I think he's all right, but I think he's a, I still think, you know, notwithstanding Bono's phone call, Sarajevo and all of those other places, <clears throat> I still think, still think they're pretty sort of, you know, good guys. Yeah, I saw that, I saw them in Lily's, I saw Bono in Lily's there with a few supermodels one night. Uh, and he seemed to be having as good a time as I would have done if I'd have been sitting where he was. So it can't be all bad.
Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, the ebook Conversations with the Loudmouth is available from Amazon and will soon be available in all other ebook stores.